So hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Real Estate Investor. Hey, it's Josh, and I am super excited to be sharing with you once again in the latest episode of the podcast. Today, I am interviewing Ed Lowell. Uh, Ed is a 25-year veteran of leadership and management in supply chain uh, and operational functions. But back in 2017, Ed realized that although his, he loved his job, loved what he was doing, uh, was not giving him the financial freedom that he ultimately truly desired. In 2017, 18, he decided to jump into multifamily real estate. Today, he owns nearly 100 units, 100 doors and counting. Um, and he does this as a side hustle uh, on top of his uh, very well-paying uh, job in leadership and supply chain management. Uh, today in this interview, uh, Ed and I talk about, number one, how he's able to get the highest and best returns working on 12 to 40 unit deals. Number two, how he has larger takeaway profits from JV deals instead of syndicating his deals. Number three, how he's able to accumulate these 95 units, 95 doors and counting by just having one or two brokers, commercial brokers that believe in him, one or two brokers who really bring him a lot of deal flow. And finally, number four, We'll talk about Ed's journey over 25 years in the corporate world and how it was truly real estate investing and multifamily apartments that's helping him create true financial freedom for the first time. You're going to love this interview, especially if you're a newer multifamily real estate investor. You're going to love this interview with Edward Lowell. Here we go. Welcome. To the Accelerated Real Estate Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen. Learn and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Real Estate Investor Podcast. So, hey, Ed, listen, I've been looking forward to having this interview. Thank you so much for joining me today on Accelerated Investor. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me. Hey, listen, Ed, I always like to kind of start off my interviews by asking my guests something that they're working on right now that they're excited about. Obviously, we're kind of unthawing from COVID. It's a brand new year. The summer is upon us. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on. And uh, there is a lot of exciting things going on. Entrepreneurs are still making hay and making amazing things happen. So what's going on in your life that you're excited about? You know, it's kind of interesting. I actually just came back from a trip to uh, the southern part of North Carolina, Curry Beach, uh, looking at an apartment cottage combination. So something unique. Um, I'm looking at it, frankly, because there's such an incredible amount of deals that are overpriced today. So I'm trying to find, you know, something that works. So my niche is, you know, more, more of the smaller side. So I went down to Curry Beach. Um, all the numbers look good. I had it under contract, did my due diligence just to walk around and found out that the rents they were reporting 
were not exactly <laughs> what was on the leases. <laughs> okay. So we, you know, so initially it would look all good on paper, but then when you got down there, it was like, well, wait a minute, you know, you guys are selling me, you're getting 2,800 for this one particular college, you're getting 1,800, you know? So we, mm. we, we ran into some issues there and the whole model, to be honest with you, was turn that into more of the vacation rental side, right? So taking this beach town, and saying, okay, you've got long-term rentals. Let's turn them into vacation rentals. I think we can make you know a lot of cash that way. And that's right. how I sold it to my investors. But when I got down there, they had just signed year leases to everybody and just completely you know changed the deal. So right. that's the latest thing I've looked at, and that was like literally last week. <laughs> got it. Yeah, fantastic. So, so what lessons? Did you learn about that deal? Like what were some takeaways? Obviously, sometimes the biggest lessons we learn are the deals we don't do. So what were your takeaways right. from that one? Right. And, and you know, and, and I've, I've learned this in early on. It's um, so they, you know, we agreed on a contract, right? They wanted some hard money. They wanted a thousand dollars. It wasn't a lot of money, but I'm like, well, I'd have to see it before I just do anything hard. Right. Mm-hmm. So just going down and not going ahead and signing the contract because you think it looks good. That's the lesson that you need to learn. So actually go and look at the property before you sign that contract that puts you in hard money. Two different things with saying, you know, an LOI or a contract, and you still have your 30 days to figure out what's going on. But they wanted hard money right away. So, you know, you you need to go down and look at the property and, and judge for yourself. Don't do it sight unseen. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about it in our business about doing the reps, right? It's almost like going yep. to the gym. And yep. some days you don't feel like working out, but you got to get your reps in anyway. And yeah. looking at deals, making offers, underwriting deals like the reps. We just underwrote a deal this morning, $15 million deal, 210 units. It could be a deal. It's not not a deal. It's probably probably retail price. I don't think it's overpriced, but probably priced right at the market, six and a half cap. And uh, it's in about a six and a half cap market. Uh, but we talked about doing the, doing the reps, right? So going down, looking at properties, underwriting them so we can get stronger and better on the next one. So Ed, help me understand your particular strategy. You have 95 doors now. You already have an amazing W-2 regular job that pays you really well, but offers you some, you've been around for a long time, some experience, some seniority, some free time, and you're building your multifamily portfolio on the side. So what is your favorite flavor of multifamily real estate? Tell us about that. And why do you like that niche for you? Yeah, so the niche for me has been in that, let's, let's just call it the 12 to 40 unit range. Mm-hmm. And what I found is there's a lot of mom and pop and the larger investors like yourself aren't interested in that, right? You know, you're just not going to get involved in it. So I have that opportunity to go in and earn a pretty good return for my investors and my partners. I've done both, I've partnership and I've done syndicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that niche market seems to be untapped somewhat. Uh, there's more people getting into it now, but that's kind of where I play. It's not that I would never go to the larger side, but there's so many players. So I'll just give you an example. I, um, I live in North Carolina. I'm near Raleigh, North Carolina, which is a major market. Just outside of Raleigh, there's a little town called Wilson that most people wouldn't know. There was a 44 unit and sight unseen, I had three bidders from California ask, just pay the retail price. Didn't even mm-hmm. see it. So, you know, I went and saw it and it's a dump. I mean, it's it's literally <laughs> going to take so right. much capital, right? So I, I'm trying to stay away from those type of investors that just will bid for anything and try to be a little bit more in that niche market. Yeah, I love it. What benefits do you see in the niche market as far as, you know, 
I guess, getting more, I guess, appropriate pricing, right? Yeah. And how are you trying to find these deals before the institutions and the brokers really bid or list the price really high? What yeah. are some ways to find these more mom and pop deals? Well, one thing is, number one, a lot of them aren't going to be, the major markets, Milchak and all those, they're not going to deal with these, right? They're too small right. for them, right? So then you have to have local brokers. And you, you get on their pocket deal, right? Your pocket list. And so I have the relationships that I've built over time with these brokers that when someone brings it on the market, it's before they even put it on the market, they'll send it to me. So it's really about having that relationship with some brokers, as well as there's a marketing strategy going out and, you know, who owns this particular property and direct mailing. You know, there's two sides to that. Um, that's a hit or miss, right? You know, you send out a hundred, you might get 10 responses. You might close one deal. It's, it, it's that type of, you know, um, kind of crazy if you get to that point. Right. The broker side has been really helpful for me because I've developed the relationships with two or three really, really key brokers and they bring me to deals. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. So, when you look at these smaller deals, <clears throat> help our audience understand the, the, I guess, the upside, right? The upside of these versus the larger deals, which are kind of priced at retail or over market. And the ability, especially for a newer investor or somebody that's maybe doesn't have 500 units or 1,000 units, right. why can these smaller deals be a good testing ground and still have big upside? We've made some, some of our biggest return on investments been on the smaller deals, because there's the spread there. So just talk through that and why this niche, you don't have to go to a 200 unit or a 500 unit deal to get started. Right. And so you're, you're not, you're going to be one of how many investors in that 200 unit deal, right? So you're right. going to get that percentage. So when you're talking about these smaller deals, it's usually a joint venture. There's only going to be two, maybe three guys involved. So your return is going to be higher as far as your actual cash coming into you. And then also what I try to you know advise and help with my investors is, Look over my shoulder. I'm going to walk you through entirely everything. Just going to be me and you. And if you want to go out and do this on your own, you can. Well, so I've done this now with two or three investors, and they're like, no, you just keep doing that and bring me back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't really want all that work up front. And, and literally, as you well know, it, the work is all up front. You know, After that, I just spend 10 minutes a week talking to my property management company and saying, okay, are we on track? Here's our plan. Where are we at? Yeah. So, you know, the biggest advantage for an investor is if they have 50 grand or if they have 100 grand, they can put that in one of these type of deals and get a bit larger return. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we definitely seen that in our own market. I mean, deals that are, let's say, 200, we just looked at a 210 unit this morning, you know, priced at about 75,000 a door, $15 million. Uh, you know, down around the, around the corner, down the street, uh, we had a deal I looked at about four or five months ago that was only like a 38 unit. And it was priced at like 48 a door, same right. area, same right. sub market, 
Samler style, townhouse style, you know, enter your unit from the outside. There's no big common space to walk through. Very, very similar $30,000 or $27,000 difference in the price per door. One, because it was mom and pop. The second one, because it was listed with a commercial broker, actively marketed. They got groups walking through it for five weeks. And then they're going to have the big offer day where everybody <laughs> offers and everybody bids the price up even further, right? Yeah, so exactly. that's the benefit to those smaller deals. So, so Ed, when you got started, you built up now 95 doors, done a number of transactions. You're building that passive income. When you got started, what was it like? Like, What were some of the fears you had or challenges that you faced? Because you had this long, successful career in supply chain management. And for you to just kind of jump in on the side and multifamily and say, I'm going to try this whole new thing. First of all, why did you start this whole new thing? And what kind of mind games are going on? What kind of fears, challenges yeah. did you, were you thinking through on those first couple of deals? Right. So, you know, this is probably 2016, uh, late early 2017, I'm looking at, okay, I've got my W-2. I do have a very nice job. I've invested in stocks and bonds and done all that stuff, but I'm not really getting where I want, right? I'm not getting to the point of financial freedom. I'm not getting to the point where I feel like I don't have to work unless I want to work. So what else is out there for me to look at? Of course, I did, you know, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> Everyone yeah. has, right? So that triggered real estate. And so I started listening to podcasts and looking around and saying, okay, well, how do I get into that? Who can teach me? How do I learn? Because again, most things have been, somebody's done it before, right? You just need to find the right people. So Rod Cleef is actually my coach and mentor. Got it. Uh, you yeah, Rod's a good friend. Rod's got a great, him and Ritzenthaler, they run a great organization for sure. Yeah. So I stumbled across his podcast, uh, took his course, learned the basics in and out, and went out and purchased four unit and a three unit. So seven, you know, seven doors. Mm -hmm. That part was pretty easy. There was no fear there because I had two separate loans. So it's the same thing as buying a house. It wasn't commercial. Yeah, right. right? So that part went so easy. I'm like, man, this is great. <laughs> and then I said, okay, now I want to buy a 16 unit outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a coastal town. And this little market called Burgall that no one would know, but I just know the area. And so that one, the 16 unit became a commercial loan, completely different process. I thought finding a deal was the easiest thing. No, getting the financing in place, getting all the other pieces that you have to do in a commercial deal in place was much harder. That's where I really learned the lessons and scared the crap out of me. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so what, how did you overcome it? Like that first transaction, you're at seven units. Now you're at 95, mm -hmm. you're approaching a hundred and beyond your first large, larger commercial deal, like scared of it, but you kind of, you kind of kept plowing through, right. To get that deal right. closed. Um, so the fears there, you kind of use the fear as motivation, right? To kind of push you through. Yeah. And Is there any special challenges for raising money or structuring the deal that you ran into along the way? Yeah. So like I said, starting out that, that first, the fourplex and the triplex, that was really me. That was my money. That was putting together the principles that I just learned and just using them. And I wanted to do that before I brought anybody's money in. I wanted to go through that experience. You know, I wanted to have, uh, you know, so that any questions that came up, I know how to answer them. When I did the 16 unit, again, that was, I had some people that wanted to invest, but ended up doing it by myself. That one was a challenge because I didn't realize commercial lending was so different than, you know, the residential side. Again, the fourplex and the triplex, I had two separate loans. It was the same thing as buying a house. Everyone's, you know, sort of gone through that process. That was pretty simple. But getting that 16 unit, that scared me because I had it under contract. 
I could not get the financing in time. So I had to have extensions. So I'm adding money, right? So mm-hmm. I had to put more money down, you know, to extend the contract because I can't get the financing that I thought I could get easily. So that piece to me is a big learning curve. Make sure you have your team together before you just start. You know, you think that, okay, if I find this deal, everything is going to fall in place. Maybe, maybe not, but you really need to have your team together. And that means your, you know, financing, your property management company, your CPA, your lawyer, all those things need to be in place before you even go and bid on something. Yeah. Now, how important was that first 16 unit deal to the confidence that you've created now to evaluate larger deals, make more offers? And I think the point I'm trying to drive home here is really that first one, no matter how big or small, is ultimately the launching pad, right? So how has that deal created a new sense of confidence for you to achieve these larger goals with bigger deals and adding to your portfolio? Absolutely. Once that one was closed, it was like, all right, it doesn't matter to me what the size is at that point. You know, it's just a numbers game. You're going to add another zero, you're going to take a zero off, right? So, you know, I I got really good at um, underwriting. And a lot of that's, of course, because of my background, being in supply chain and looking at numbers all the time and dealing with, you know, negotiations and things like that. So I can sit there and, you know, you get 100 deals, you can tell within five minutes whether it's something that you want to pursue further or just, hey, let's just move on. So I think that's the biggest thing that I find when I'm talking to younger, because I run a meetup as well, talking to younger people, trying to get involved. I'm like, don't waste, you know, a hour, two hours analyzing this deal. You can look at it in five minutes to say, now, does this make sense for me to go further? Or no, let's just move on. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact too, like once it's a skill that you've learned, I don't. I think some people take for granted. Now that's a lifelong skill that you have. And so doing that first deal, hopefully, of course, it makes a lot of money. But even if it doesn't, it's it's the skill of saying, okay, I've got it now. Like I understand what is what, what I should pay for property management, what I should pay for maintenance, what are the utilities, what are cap rates, how do I structure the finance, am I going to syndicate this, am I going to bring in a partner, use my own cash, what's the cash on cash return? Mm-hmm. So it's great to start on smaller deals and then ultimately grow from there. Our model, Ed, is built off of 200-unit pods, right? So we like to buy 200-unit buildings or build to 200 units in an area uh, so that we can have you know, usually two property managers, our budget's about $80,000 a year, but one or one and a half or two property managers, two maintenance guys. So I don't mind buying a 30 unit or a 40 unit. We made an offer on a 23 unit last week. We got a 52 unit closing in two weeks. We got a 54 unit closing in a month from now because it's rounding out parts of the portfolio where now you can use a property management company and have some scale so that they can bebop around from, from property to property. So you know, if you're only buying these large complexes, that's fine. I have, a, I have a 552 unit. I have a 730 unit. We've got some big boys for sure. But again, they're still broken down in these 200 unit increments, right? So in your scenario, you get the 200, you got can one property management company, a couple maintenance guys, then you could build the second kind of pod, second group of 200 and go from there. It's really scalable, this business. That's why we love it so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And obviously, you know, the synergy that you're having within that market helps. Yeah. So my one, my one property management company in Wilmington, North Carolina, you know, manages my 13 and my 16 unit in Burgall. So and they've been fantastic. So I'm continually trying to find properties within their realm because they've just been hit out of the park. Um, that's the other thing, you know, that you really, as you well know, you've got to vet your property management companies. I just had to let one go. for yeah. You know, they just were not performing. So I had to find a new one. 
So, and what are some it, some things? What are some KPIs, or what are some metrics, or what are some expectations mm-hmm. that you have for your property managers? Um, I guess some advice that you could pass on to our audience. What are some things that you think are important in a property manager, and why did you let that one go? Right. So when when I look at property management companies, I'm looking at a business plan. I'm presenting them with, okay, we're buying this particular complex units either for value add or we think it's kind of there, but it's a little bit below market. It just depends on what it was. So in this particular case, um, we weren't really looking to raise rents incredibly, but we did see that they were under market. It was more about getting 100% full. And Mm -hmm. what we found is this particular company was really more involved in single family once I got, you know, understanding what they were doing. And they were just not turning over the units as fast as they should have. It was taking Mm -hmm. them six weeks to turn a unit. And that's just, you know, way too long. So I I let them go. They had four units vacant. The new property management company that I interviewed and selected had those four units rented in four weeks. Yeah. You know, and they went in, cleaned them, and they did the whole thing. And in four weeks, they're all rented. So it's such an important part of your plan. You know, if it's not obviously owned by you, your property management company could be part of your portfolio. But if you're using a third party, just to make sure you have the right, right team on there. My newest and most powerful real estate investing book, The Flip System, is now available. And for a limited time, you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com forward slash podcast. Using the same proven principles, secrets, and investing strategies I'm sharing in this book, I've been able to personally close over 750 highly profitable real estate deals over the last 15 years, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million of private money, and acquire over 2,000 units of apartments. Get my newest book now for free for a limited time at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's getflipsystem.com slash podcast. So Ed, now that you've, you, you're starting to build, I mean, 100 units is a great milestone. You're going to build way beyond that. And you've already achieved some of the success that some of our audience would love to achieve. So what is some advice that you would give your younger former self about real estate or some advice you'd pass along to our audience about them getting started or them working on smaller buildings or what are some things, some big takeaways that you've learned in the last few years? Yeah. You know, number one is start as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if I could go back, I'd tell myself to start at 20, right? Or 21. Heck yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's the same thing. So, so start right away. The, the second thing is, you know, there are people that can help you. People like myself, people like yourself, go find someone that's done it and have a mentorship. And ask questions. There's a lot of people in this industry. That's one thing that I've learned. They are more than willing to help you. Don't think you have to do it alone. And especially if you're just starting out and you say, well, I, you know, I'm afraid of making a mistake. Well, join with someone. Yeah. You know? Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm afraid of making mistakes every day. Yeah, but you got to yeah. go anyway. Right. You got to right. let the fear kind of push you from behind instead of stopping you from the front. Right. Yeah. I, I, every day I'm a little bit scared of some mistake I that might make. But you go anyway. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I'm saying, look, when I meet up the other day, I'm like, there's a bunch of young guys and like, well, we don't know how to get started. I said, I'll help you get started. If you find a deal, that's the biggest thing right this minute is trying to find a deal. That's right. 
there are plenty of people that will help you. And I said, I'll give you all the advice in the world for free. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to give back because I've gotten so much out of it. Yeah. Love it. So Ed, as we kind of round third and head for home, I'm going to ask you the final five, five final questions uh, to pass along to our audience, learn a little bit more about you and about your philosophy in real estate. So question number one is what is your favorite way to find multifamily deals? Um, right now, it's been a relationship that I developed with one broker. We have this unique relationship. We've closed on so many properties. Um, the one I was telling you about with Curry Beach, as a matter of fact, they had higher offers, but she was able to convince them because of my background and what I've done. And she knew I could close that that was an important piece of it. So finding that piece and having that broker relationship was very, very important. Love it. Yeah, we bought, we own 3,500 units, We but we've used kind of the same small group of brokers for most of them. Uh, hugely important relationships. You don't have to have 30, 40 brokers you work with. Usually a small handful is uh, is all you need. Second question, what's your favorite way to find capital for your deals or to find joint venture partners that you can partner with to get deals closed and get the money raised? Right. So there's two ways that I've done it. One is you, you, always, have to be, you always have to think about when you talk to anyone, what are you doing? Well, this is my day job, but you know, also invest in real estate because you never know who you're going to talk to. So, mm-hmm. just to give you an example, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I said, "Yeah, I've gotten into the, you know the real estate side." And he said, "You know what? My buddy used to be in real estate. He's talking about getting back into it. Let me connect you with him." And he mm-hmm. became a joint venture partner. Right? Nice, right? And then meetups. Start your own meetup in your town, in your city. Just a multifamily meetup. Just the education side. I've met many partners, investors that way. Just you know, hosting a, a multifamily meetup. Got it. Love it. Uh, what is your favorite book or your favorite piece of advice that you were ever given? Well, Rich Dad Poor Dad is the one that got me into this, so that that's kind of the you know the go to. Uh, the other best advice I've ever had that I didn't realize I needed is meditation and meditating every day, and you know, going through the stages of meditation about. Where are you at today? What are you grateful for? And where do you see yourself in the future? That is key to me and success that I've had. So let me pull back the onion on that a little bit more. Help me understand, like for people that don't meditate, how do you meditate? How do you prepare yourself to basically decompress? Like, do you do it first thing in the morning? Because this is more of an, an entrepreneurial hack than a piece of advice. Because thinking, quiet space, so important how do you actually execute that incorporated in, in the busy day that you have? Yeah, for me, it's in the morning. Um, I've done it during other times of the day, but that seems to be the best. And literally, the timing, you can take two minutes and go through two, um, three different stages. You can spend two minutes and say, okay, where am I at right now? Do I feel my body? What's going on in the world? Do I feel the ground? Do I hear what's going around me? Then you can spend another two minutes just talking about or thinking about, well, where do I want to be? You know, what's going on? You know, what's my goals? And then the last two minutes of actually seeing yourself in that role, in mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship or business or where it is, visualizing it vividly. So I've literally done this, you know, for 10 minutes and sometimes I'll do 30 minutes. It just it just depends. But I just go through those stages. Man, I love it. I love the self-visualization, the actualization. I mean, it's just your mind thinking and putting you in the space and your body kind of has a tendency to just follow what you're thinking about, right? Yeah. Um, it's a great quote. I can't remember who it was, but it said, you know, we become what we think about all yep. day. 
You know, so just by spending that few minutes kind of kick the day off. So, so important. Um, let me ask you this other question. I'd love to hear this one because I've got some wild answers. Uh, Ed, what is your favorite place to go vacation or to decompress? Yeah, I, I've got two. So I grew up in the coast. So the ocean is always going to be a calling to me. Uh, but actually, I, I find myself decompressing more when I go to the mountains. So when I just go and just look at the scenery, uh, North Carolina or Vantage, because we have both. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm two and a half hours from the mountains or the coast, so I can do either. And last weekend, I was in the mountains and just sitting there and doing my meditation in the cool air and looking out at the beautiful scenery. That's where I decompress. Oh, I love it. Love it. Last uh, last question, Ed, is who's been the mentor that you've had that's had the biggest impact on your life and why have they had such a big impact? Yeah. It would have to be Rod Cleave. Um, yeah. you know, he, he's been my mentor and coach, um, for, you know, several years now. And he had the biggest impact because he not only talks about the real estate side, but he does talk about the mental side, you know? So it's an 80, 20 rule, right? He's at 20% of it's just the, the mechanics going through the process. 80% of it's your mindset, you know, where are you at? And so that part I think has been the biggest influence on me. That's fantastic stuff. And so our audience, I'm sure they're going to love this interview. A lot of things, a lot of takeaways, especially focusing on those smaller deals where they can even make bigger profits. Uh, if some of our audience wanted to reach out, connect, joint venture, invest with you, where can they get more information, learn more about you? Yeah, the, the best way to reach me is through email, and that's edward at blackforestlimited.com. Fantastic stuff. Ed, listen, thank you so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. Thank you, Josh. So, hey, listen, I hope you really enjoyed that interview. I appreciate it so much, and I'm so grateful that you've listened to that episode, whether you're at the gym, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your home office, whatever you're doing, just want you to know how grateful I am and thankful I am to you for you know engaging with me, being part of the Accelerated Real Estate Investor community, and just having a good time with me on these interviews. I hope they're having a huge impact on your life. Don't forget to subscribe so that you'd never miss another episode. And also don't forget to join our free real estate Facebook group called Accelerated Real Estate Investor. Go into Facebook, search Accelerated Real Estate Investor and join the community today. Hey, Josh here. And do you wanna win a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes, okay? Do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe again some other cool fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So again, don't forget to take a screenshot, leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, send it to us so we know exactly who you are and then once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week. You were just listening to the Accelerated Real Estate Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build our community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh at joshcantwellcoaching.com.